Hello, everyone. This is Tanya Whitkey from Virtual Kisses speaking to you live from Canada. And you are listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio talk show, where we identify the misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving, us, giving contact to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. On this radio show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misunderstood from the Bible in the name, verified by pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zane Kai Keturah International Institute of Pneumatology. And we would like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. If you'd like to ask us any questions, guys, feel free to comment on YouTube at Anointed Life, or you can join our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mindset Mentors. Good evening, everybody. So today, guys, I have with me a special guest to head to go and head on this new continual topic, starting over in Christ part two. With me now, guys, is Zane Pierre, headmaster mentor of the Institute. Welcome, Zane. Zane El Fuego, Christ Pneumatologist <laughs> in the house. <laughs> Greetings and blessings to everyone. It's awesome to be here with you, and I'm actually glad to actually be um, pretty much, you know, adding a little two cents, adding value to what the amazing job that you all are doing already with these 21 steps to covenant to life. This is awesome. Thank you. And we take that uh, thank you and take it to our heart. Thank you. Um, just to let you viewers know, uh, Courtney King was not with us today, but we're looking forward to her appearance next show. So guys, on November 8th, again, we started out on a topic um, starting over in Christ. And we talked about some key pointers as you journey in your walk with Father God. So this is part two, like I said earlier, and we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and talk about it. Did you want to start? <laughs> Yeah, so we um Courtney and Tony actually did a very good job at covering the first seven points. And these are actually 21, pretty much 21 steps to start and over in Christ, as most believers are actually unaware of the fact that coming into Christ is actually starting, restarting your life. So we are today continuing from number eight which is actually embracing integrity and equity as a new life paradigm without compromise. As a matter of fact, this is actually referred to in the Bible as uncompromising, um, uncompromising righteousness and justice. Yeah, so for most, uh, for most persons in particular, we pretty much are accustomed to the lifestyle if, you, if you're, when you're transitioning into the covenant of Christ, because it is a covenant. Most persons are very much accustomed to the ways of the quote-unquote the world. And the ways of the world usually is the way of little integrity, which means most people are untrustworthy. You, you can't really trust what they're saying. Or if you, if you can't trust what they're saying, you can't really trust their motive. You are all usually interfacing with a lot of people who may have ex, um, ulterior motives. And equity is something that is definitely not taught in our society today. It is 
if you look around in the world today, whether it's in politics, on the governmental um, platforms, or in the social, in the social atmosphere, <coughs> whether it's just in business or like right now we have like a, it's, it's it's a huge deal on social media regarding relationships and men mm. and women and who who is bringing what to the table and men have to do this and the women have to do that and there is no sign of equity around it's just a list of criteria that a lot of people are actually using to try to hold men trying to hold women responsible to their list women trying to hold men responsible to their lists no equity and when we come into Christ, all this is actually a dramatic change because the covenant means, the covenant actually requires of us that we abandon the lack of integrity and live in a covenantal oath and full-time commitment and dedication to the spirit, mm-hmm. which means you are living to the, you, are, you, you must get accustomed to discipline to the spirit and to the nature of the spirit. And in addition to that, because the spirit of God in you is the same spirit in all persons as well as in all creation, we are not only um, caring for the spirit in us, but because the spirit of us is in others and in all creation, we have to care for wherever our spirit is, hmm. which means we care for all of humanity because it's, it's our spirit in them and all of creation because it's our spirit in all of creation. That kind of reminds me of um when jesus said love your neighbor as you love yourself Mm -hmm. one of his commandments and i believe what you're 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 talking there about is in all creation he's wanting you to when you see yourself in the covenant and in identification with christ yeah um you will see that you're loved not just love like love love but you know where you belong and then you know when you see that, you see your neighbor as the same. You see creation as the same. You see right. everything in that yes, type of man. lens as the same. Yes, mm. And that's a nice, and that's a nice, a nice, a nice way for you to actually frame it. Because before you came into covenant with Christ, you would have been accustomed to living life from the perspective that you are by yourself. Mm. You see yourself as just another member of the. Um, trillions of creation the the google of all creation you see yourself as just another member like you see yourself as just another um grain of sand on the Mm. seashore when in truth and in fact when you come into christ you have to move from living from the individual perspective and start actually living for the collective so true yeah so equity when we actually begin from the from from the from the from the perspective of the collective now equity becomes a norm and it's supposed to be just the default to mm-hmm. to, to to live effortlessly in consideration for not only you but in consideration for where your spirit is and if mm-hmm. your spirit is in all things then you are considering all things so true. And this is, guys, another, um, if you wanted to know what God was thinking, 
mm. <laughs> or what he was seeing. Mm -hmm. This would be another lens you would be able to take on in Christ. And it changes your whole world, your whole perspective on um, your family members um, when you're hearing the news or when you're hearing, um, like Zane was saying earlier, that you don't hear this on the, in, in politics. You don't hear this kind of embracing in, uh, integrity and equity in school systems no. because there's always a, a bickering and a fighting over who said what, how this has to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's a whole new lens that God has. If you want to hear God's voice, this is one of the ways mm -hmm. to hear his voice as you, you take on and embrace this part of your covenant. It's, it's, it's one of the ways, and I, and I would even go as far as saying it's actually one of the most more important ways or the most important mm -hmm. ways for you to actually hear God because here, here's a, a here's an interesting fact when we look at the we know that the Bible so far is based on the Garden of Eden yeah mm -hmm. and do you know that in the Garden of Eden there is not one pronouncement that is made to an individual creation Every pronouncement in the Garden of Eden is specific to a species. Mm. Like there is no pronouncement that is targeted to one particular individual creation or to just the man alone. Everything was actually spoken to him in the capacity of speaking to him as a species. All 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 um, names were given to species. Mm. Blessings were given to the species. And so we actually also see that when man, man fell outside of the garden, man moved from living from the perspective of the species, which is from the awareness of the collective, and started to, to live an individual life, which is why you notice in the garden, they are both called Adam, and outside of the garden, they're called Adam and Eve. Yeah, and guys, you can see this in your own daily life. If you're not seeing this perspective of God, you would see that um, you can see it in children. My toy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a sharing thing. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, um, if you're in money, if you're wanting to do a business and all you're focusing on is growing your business and money, you don't really care who you step over. It's just, this is what I want to do. It's an yeah. individual thing. It's an individual thing. And the whole a whole world is structured like that. Look at even like what I just mentioned with with, with, with regards to um, relationships on in on, on social media. Everybody, the men are speaking about what what are you bringing to the table? Which means mm. what are benefiting from this? The women come in and say, "Why benefiting from this?" And it's never about what are we deciding that we are actually going to benefit from. What about the collective? Whereas mm. we move from comparing what we actually presenting and, and 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 step up back into the garden where we consider the collective where we decide okay we come and we sit down we have a conversation and our relationships now benefit from what we agree and not mm -hmm. where we comparing each other to see okay quantifying what you bring and quantifying what i'm bringing because we want to personally benefit it's supposed to be about the collective mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. So true. <laughs> so in the garden, there is no actual blessing towards an individual. And the reason why I'm actually pointing this out is that when you come into the covenant and you begin to take God's blessings specific to you, 
you're usually not going to manifest it mm. because mm. it is not for individual benefit it's for the benefit of the collective that means that you are actually going to express and experience god blessings when you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the body of christ mm. yeah you start to think about all of humanity and a lot of believers are actually stuck there because they were not taught that Christ's perspective, the Father's perspective, is equity for all mm -hmm. without compromise. So um, if you guys were open, like to so say, if you're opening up in a business, what this would look like would be like, what can I do to help my my community? Like, exactly. what can I, I gather? Um, my thoughts or how can i build this business to benefit everybody um whatever the target is that you want to sell or whatever but it's going to help everybody true right? true mm. and even in, and even the most erudite businessmen will tell you is that there is success where you begin you move your business from just personal endeavors you just want to sell candy because you want five dollars <laughs> <laughs> And actually pay attention to what the humanity needs and solve their problems, mm, serve okay. them, serve the collective, and the collective will happily exchange your service or, or, um, or reward your services with finances. That's so good. Excellent yeah. way to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. And we see it, we see it in the business world today. And unfortunately, a lot of the more successful businessmen are technically using the principles of the covenant, even though they don't even know anything about the covenant. And with them not being in the covenant, using the principle of the covenant, they still have success. Mm -hmm. so, it sh so it shows that the principles are like laws of physics. It, it has no respect for anyone. So good. So yeah. true. So true. Okay, that I think that was number eight. Um, yes, that's number eight. Number nine is called uh, regularly self-examine. Mm. Now, uh, regularly self-examine is necessary, guys, to ensure that your love, your equity, is not tainted by previous self-benefiting habits. Yeah. So Definitely. when you are you're walking in this lens of God, um, you, you sometimes you gotta examine your what your thoughts are what you what your actions are how your thoughts carry out those actions um making sure that they they are benefiting out of equity and not self-benefit mm -hmm. <laughs> and um yeah always always catching yourself it's being self-aware yeah what you do what you say what you think and it's not it's it, it, when you get into this habit of rolling into this kind of lens of God, it will take a while. But when you get into the, that same routine, you you'll notice your thoughts more often. You'll notice, um, you know, what, like I said, what you say, or sometimes what you do. And if you're being very creative, like, for instance, that business, let's say business or, or taking something over like a baking a pie or thinking of somebody to take it over to someone's place, you're always aware of your God thoughts, yeah. what you're doing, how you're doing it. Usually on the opposite end, when you are not in equity or love, you're always thinking you, 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 right? You're not really even paying attention 
to what sure. you're you're thinking or you're, you're receiving sure. or it's just like you're just going about your day but you you're not noticing anything about yourself or even with the person who's talking to you you'll notice what they're saying but you're always going to engage and fight and and it's just not a god thing godly thing <laughs> no it's not Do you have any thoughts on that thing yeah i think um like one of the best ways to really self-examine is to move because most people find themselves in what you just expressed there mm -hmm. where they actually don't take charge of their life yeah. where they're not living proactively and so they go about their day living in reactive mode mm -hmm. and if you can just pause and start to plan how you actually apply yourself and apply your covenant god's promises to different areas of your life you'll find that you are number one you're going to better be able to manage yourself because it has been pre-planned mm -hmm. and number two um you are not number two is that you are going to be able to self-evaluate even better because as you've come into the new covenant this transition is one where you are actually beginning to live from a new cognitive law that you never lived by for for all of your life mm -hmm. and it because you're accustomed to the old one um a proactive life is where you can actually circumvent a lot of the habits the reactive habits that you have and also begin to change the habits that you have had mm. where mm. If, if you actually just sit down for example like as you put it how this would really look like you sitting down at the beginning of your day before you start your day and just take a look at the, the activities that you have throughout today and the promises of god that you are going to be applying throughout this day Mm -hmm. and choose how you're going to interact how you're going to interact with mary which promise that you're going to use there to, for interaction with people choose how you interact with mary equity um, um through equity what does that look like choose how you're going to interact with the baker equitably choose how you're going to interact with those that you meet on the pathway equitably and when you arrive there you're not really trying to figure it out where you can actually fall back on the default habits that you've had. The proactive lifestyle makes it easier for you to choose how you're going to do it. And then when you arrive, you just execute what you have chosen. That's so good. Until that makes, until it becomes part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to that, that ball rolling of choosing that is my life, once you get there, it will come to you naturally yeah just like the opposite was when you've grown up where you're like you don't you're not really paying attention and you're reacting out of circumstances all around you you know um this way it helps you react already internally yeah of what you really are than what you you weren't before yeah yeah so a proactive life mm -hmm. is is actually a god life a proactive life is actually a God life. A proactive life is the life of 
literally God himself. Because if you really look in the scriptures, you realize that one of the things that is mentioned in the, old, in the New Testament concerning God and his and, and actual salvation is referred to as God's plan for salvation. Mm-hmm. There's a reference of God, of, of, um, God predestining. He predestined this. So there's predestination in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, in, in the Apostles' letters. And predestination is actually another way of saying predetermination. Wow. Predetermination is living, is actually proactive living, which means all of us are functioning from salvation here today. Right. And experience salvation, not because God we we encountered God in a in a conversation and God say, You're sick, I'll give you salvation. No. He planned that, and he just pretty much, Jesus just walked out the plan. And every time we come into the gospel, we are now participating in the execution of that plan. So technically, we are actually executing God's proactive thought way before. So that there's nothing that is falling. God is not reacting to anything. God has proactively put this in place. And we are actually participating in the execution of the plan. So exactly. when, we, when we live in on a daily basis, with that, it's easy for us to stop on a regular basis and self-evaluate as to whether did I actually execute the plan here or did I react? Hmm. Make sense? That that totally makes sense. Like it, it, even if you do. Um, I like God's plan or God's lens about how to walk into it because if you don't regularly examine yourself, he's not holding any condemnation towards you because once time you sit down and say, whoa, let me see, let me go back through my day, there's correction. There's like, oh, okay, maybe I won't do that next time. I'll act in this way. Exactly, exactly. You know? So that, that, pre- yeah. that predestination is what caused Jesus to be able to talk to Pilate with control mm. and not yeah. where Pilate challenges him and say, you don't know that I have the power to put you to death. Jesus didn't react. You didn't, you didn't see it written and Jesus said, Pilate, don't be disrespectful. Because <laughs> 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 everything that Jesus did was proactive. It was never a reactive lifestyle. So he would have planned how he's going to interface with the ridicule, how he's going to interface with the the serpent perspective of assuming authority to validate him. How how is he going to interact with that? These things were pre-planned. And I just loved um, what you're talking about there with Jesus and Pilate. And I loved how Jesus' response was calm and collective. Mm-hmm. And it, it put almost like when you read it, it's almost like it put fear into Pilate. Like, who am I dealing with here? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> this guy is not reacting. This guy is not, you know. Yeah, yeah. No way anybody will see Jesus. I could take your life, you know. And Jesus just react and say, "Who you think you're talking to?" <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. But it was pro- it was proactively approached. Jesus actually knew what was coming up. He knew that the nature of the serpent is to val- is to actually assume the authority to validate others. So when they assume the authority to validate him on the cross, 
assume they're validating when they were passed, those who were passing and saying, physician, heal yourself. Mm. When, when Pilate spoke to him, when the, the high priest spoke to him, Jesus pre-planned that he was not going to respond to the attempt of the serpent to validate him through these men. Mm. So he was able to approach it collectively, listen, respond to what he, he chose to respond to and everything else, he sat through quietly. It was pre-planned. And that's how we want to live. Mm. So good. Okay. Um, so our, our next one, guys, is um, number 10. It's be thankful for the wisdom of the name. Mm -hmm. um, it says show gratitude and rejoice in the wisdom that the name provides as a law of rationalization. It's the rat. Rational of relational of love. Yeah, the rationale of love. Yeah. Do you yeah, have so, any thoughts on that one? So, the name that God has given us, um, and if if our, if our listeners have actually been listening to anything that Courtney and Courtney and Tonya has been saying, you, you may would have actually picked up already that the name has been given to us as. God's wisdom, mm. which means that the name Yahweh, that means the self-existent and the eternal, it's actually a cognitive law, meaning that it's it teaches you the title defines the mindset that you're supposed to have, which is a self-existent mindset, mm. a self-existent and eternal mindset. And so because it's self-existent, um, and it's self-determining, that perspective is actually referred to as God's wisdom. Right? The big mystery behind God's wisdom in the Bible is, his, is, the, is the mindset defined by his name, the self-existent mindset. Mm -hmm. Like 1 Kings 10 actually show you that where the Queen of Sheba came to see Solomon concerning his knowledge of the name of God. And then it par parallels his knowledge of the name with his wisdom. Because Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5, actually identifies that the name of God was, was going to be wisdom unto the nation of Israel that would cause other nations to say, wow, this is a wise and understanding people. That's, that's, mm -hmm. written, that's written in Deuteronomy chapter 4. So when we are given the name and we're given this, all of the great wisdom that you see King Solomon is operating from mm -hmm. is actually in the same name that we have received. Mm. All of the wisdom, it says that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, when you receive God's name, you can now tell the world that, that your thoughts are higher than their thoughts. Mm. Think about that. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, for example, that who can... Who can actually correct God? Mm -hmm. But we have the mind of Christ, which means we can reason with God because we are no longer living from a fallen wisdom. When we have the name, we have the divine wisdom because the name gives us the mindset, defines the mindset that is God's perspective and God's wisdom. Mm. Now, that in particular is something that, I mean, I'm sure you would agree, 
that is something that we should be very thankful for because not even many people in the Old Testament struggled with the covenant. And whereas we can hear the priests or the prophets speak in the name of God and say, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, we are not living in an era anymore where we actually have to wait for a man of God to come and tell us God's wisdom. Like in the old covenant, mm -hmm. we now have God's name, which tells us how to think. And therefore we could apply that to any and everything in life and solve problems, um, have a good marriage, have a good life, run a business by taking God's perspective mm -hmm. and applying it to everything in life. So true. When when you were talking about that, what came to mind um, when I see gravity, right? Mm -hmm. Gravity has its wisdom in what gravity does. But when I see um, the name and being thankful into that, I see the whole bodily Godhead dwelling in you, as you, and around you. And to be joyful that when circumstances or when problems come up, like you said, just being able to have that wisdom and how to deal with it, you know, yeah. not having to take on that into whatever the problem is into your heart and then becoming depressed about whatever. So when I see gravity, it's never going to change. It never yeah. changes outside of what it is. When I see the name or um, we being identified with Christ, it never changes. All yeah. wisdom is in you. It's all home. authority is in you so yeah and being grateful and thankful and and being happy the fact that that's what you are yeah everything I, about you is that everything about you is that and when you actually look at the last statement it says it is irrational of love mm -hmm. because of the understanding of god's name as a principle of logic it means that you can now understand all creation mm. and show creation love. And how do you show creation love is simply by respecting the nature of the creation. Mm -hmm. So if you are self-existent and all creation has been created from the self-existent, then you can now love the creation because you understand the creation. Mm. And so you can love people because even though they may not be aware of it because the Spirit of God is in them, then they have the right to be self-determining because it's God's self-existent Spirit in them also. Right. And therefore, when you respect their self-existence, you, you, you work in synergy with their self-existence, that is actually a demonstration of love. That's so good. <laughs> That's very good. Because the self-determination, remember the self-determination means respecting the self-determination of, of others, which is where you're showing equity, and equity is love. I, I see that too. Like I, I was given the example of gravity. I'm not, I'm going to respect the power right, of gravity. Right. I'm not going to go jump off a building or, or do something because um, I know that it's put there, right? So true, I'm going to true. respect it. Not just go along with the, its laws, even though I function in the same law. Exactly. Same, yeah. Exactly. And your love will also even go further by you not pushing somebody off a building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. 
<laughs> but yes. Push, you wouldn't push them <laughs> off the building because you know gravity works in a particular way. So if you, if you truly love them, you would actually carry them to the ground floor and escort them out of the building. You wouldn't say you wouldn't say leave and push them off the top of the building. So <laughs> <laughs> respecting the laws of nature is actually showing it equity. Sorry, guys, like cartoon stuff started happening, you know, <laughs> you see all that cartoon stuff. That's why I was laughing. But yes, so, go ahead. So when we receive the nature of God's name and we understand the law of that name, which is the prince, which is the principle of the law of, of the self-existent and the eternal, um, we now be, are given the understanding of how people work. We are now, give the, we are now given the understanding of how their mind works and how their spirit works mm -hmm. and now we can now approach that and when we approach it with respect to how they function what we are being what we are doing is now being equitable and that equity means that because of god's name the wisdom of god's name we are by default thinking through the logic of love it's so simple, mm. yet, yet so profound for people who are actually living a life where they are accustomed living a life of, of self-benefit, what benefits them. Mm. And now you come into Christ and you now have to live a life for what benefits the creation. Equity. Equity is love. So literally God's name is everything that you need and we need to be thankful for that because those who don't have it are actually suffering. Mm. Yeah. And they don't know how to love either. Yeah. It's so. just this walk, guys, like I said, it, it takes time to to adjust, to renew your mind according to all these wonderful partners we're giving you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um Number 11, do you, do you want to share it with our viewers? So number 11 is include rest in your routine. Mm. Oh, the now what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so what we have written here is self-existent means rest in all things and taking a break to keep center, to pray and charge our consciousness with power. This is super important. Because there are two contexts of rest that, 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 that we could refer to here. The first is, before you came into your covenant, you were accustomed living a life of what you call hustling. Now, some people might say, well, hustling is just selling or doing what you need to do to make the money. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but most people are not aware of the fact that your hustle is actually based on your labor to actually gain self-approval in society where you're always seeking to validate yourself like society says to be a man you need to have you need to have a million dollars or society tells women to be a woman to be a, a good woman you need to look good for your man mm. or you need to be able to cook and keep a house to, um, to, to, to be a good wife. And so 
what we have what we what we were accustomed to outside of the covenant was actually doing these things to be considered legitimate never ending and it's a it's a rat race mm -hmm. you're like you're like a hamster on a wheel always working to do that and what you are what you are doing is that you are not you do not have any peace nor rest because you need to cut to stay on the wheel to work towards getting this million dollars or to become this wife that society says that you're supposed to be and you're never enough When you come into your covenant, God has actually said you are enough. And to prove that you are enough, he has given you his Holy Spirit and made you who he is, Elohim. So now you can rest from the labor of trying to validate yourself in in, in, um, to validate yourself before God as somebody who is worthy of God's blessings. Right. Mm. When you when you come into the covenant, God says, you are enough. And to prove that you are enough, take my spirit because you are as good as me. You are as good as I am. You are as divine as I am. You are as powerful. You are as high quality as i am you no longer need to do anything to get it i have made you that mm. and my spirit proves that you are everything that i am so now you can now rest from the pursuit and now make a decision the covenant now the new covenant and covenant to christ means that you are now in a position where you can now make decisions for what you desire in your life and not allow people to tell you what you need to do to be considered legitimate. Mm. So you, you there, gain rest by covenant. Yeah, there is um, one thing that does come to mind about that, what you're talking about, Zane, is where Jesus says, as far as from the east to the west, his, I think it's his love for you. Is never, it's, it's like a big circle. It never ends, mm -hmm. right? Um, so with resting, when you have that perspective of staying in rest in that, I, I, that, uh, mindset or logic of a father, the trying to get validation or trying to, um, stop the hamster wheel <laughs> thing, yeah, yeah. you, you're resting it because it's from the East to the West. It goes on forever. So why there's nothing for nothing for you to prove that you're good yes. that you you can do something amazing because yes. you are amazing right yes. um so that i believe too is like a, a means for rest in all things that you do no matter what if somebody picked on your drawing it doesn't matter what they say you are just rest in the fact that what you're doing is cool it's cool yeah. to your eyes. You're developing something. And when um, you're working with God or one with God in that, it's, it's something that you're eventually creating and, and making, you know, that'll get better over time. You yes. know, it doesn't mean that it's, it's awful and you got to quit because mm -hmm. someone else 
wants to validate you on what what what's better we don't need that right so that's what i think that is resting in all things that you do um and while you're doing that keep sent you're keeping centered in the fact that you are um you're not condemned you're not you're not um god validates you um and that's right. why I think that consciousness, to keep consciousness in that fact, it should not move you. Nothing outside should move you out of that. Yeah. So it, 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 it's it's actually coming to the understanding that Christ has made you not inferior. Right. Right. You are adequate. You are you you exist as value. Think about that. Hmm. Instead of pursuing it, you exist as value. It's like you start from value. Your existence is valuable to the entire universe. All of heaven is praising. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> so, so coming into the new covenant means that number one, you accept the rest. Mm -hmm. This is what this is what the writer of Hebrews in chapter two and three. Was speaking about he says labor to enter into that rest yeah and to labor to enter into the rest means labor to stop pursuing it mm. work towards not pursuing it and just rest in the fact that you are you are everything that you need you are valuable you are adequate you are legitimate you are the crown gem of the entire universe your existence is good mm. your existence is very good and we live now from the perspective where we can now choose where we create what we want to create mm. and not try to pursue something another another some member of creation or some item of creation not try to pursue it to gain a sense of value because everything in this creation is valuable as you have determined it to be. It so, does not give you value. <laughs> you, give, you give it value. Mm -hmm. the, the second point of rest here in particular is understanding that when we come into Christ, Paul says that we are not of this world. We are in the world, but we are not of this world. And sometimes you can also get trapped in the world's perspective that you need to have this, you need to have a house and a car to be considered somebody who is a good man in society. A woman needs to do, she needs, she needs to be able to cook and clean and, and she needs to, to actually um, be a good mother to be considered a good woman in society. And because you're constantly in contact with that, even though you have chosen to live through God's name, if you become more aware of their perspective, it can actually become yours. That's so true. It's almost like you go back into a different realm. You're back into the realm that you made a decision to come out of. Mm. And, so, and, and in that case, what you want to do is to have regular rest, rest points. Mm. Like for me, I actually take sometimes... I choose which days I'm actually giving my time to the work, to things interfacing and things in the world. 
Mm. And I literally have days in the week that are specific to rest, where I stop, I have something to drink, and I'm actually filling my, my consciousness with the thoughts of my kind mm. by reading scripture. So I'm living in more awareness of scripture than I'm living in the awareness of... Now, I'm not saying that there are times where I need to give more time to work. But what I'm saying is that it is not a cultier to spend more time in work than in, on, in investing into your consciousness, the thoughts of your kind, the thoughts mm. of Elohim. So when I do have to spend more time in work, it's not a norm. Does that make sense? It totally does. Totally does. So rest um, is important. Mm-hmm. It is. So when you when you do go in, let's say, um, you do interact with the world, that time you've taken to yourself to um, stay in the consciousness of your identity or your covenant or however you know your identification with Christ, you able when you go face the world, you're able to stand, like we've talked about in regular self-examination and whatnot, you're able, while you have that rest, you can get in with the world and already know yeah. um, how to maneuver, right? Well, not, not, not only maneuver. When we actually come into the covenant, we become Elohim. We step mm. into the, the mindset of Elohim, living from the frame, the mental framework of Yahweh Elohim, of Yeshua. And so once we take regular rest, we can enter into the world and shine. Mm -hmm. Shine without needing anything from them. So true. But if we spend too much time in the world, they, we can very subtly be entrapped if we have more awareness of their perspective than, than our perspective in the covenant. Mm -hmm you can actually find yourself in a position where because of the frequency of the awareness and the consistent awareness, you can actually begin to depend on them for your existence and get trapped in the thought that you need to make money to be considered something or you mm -hmm. need to do this or you need to do that. And that's because you're more aware of the thoughts of outside the garden that you, where you came from instead of actually being more aware of their thoughts inside the garden. And that, As, that is, that is so true because you can either cultivate what you, uh, either God's perspective or you can cultivate the world's perspective. Like exactly. you're saying, you can, e it can easily, uh, sleep into your life if you're more busy in that area and you're yeah. now producing something that you probably don't want in your life. So even at this point, it's also very important that you be proactive mm. so that you control how much, like proactively control how much time you're spending interfacing with these perspectives so that you maintain control as to how you interface with it and never fall off of your proactive plan as to how you interface with that. But mm. if it actually becomes a priority, you're going to come off of the plan and next thing you know, you are struggling again. So taking time to rest is really good to actually make sure that you maintain up, you maintain proactivity. So true, so true. 
So that's a good point. Okay, so guys, we're going to move on to number 12. Embrace growth stages. I think mm. I and Courtney talked about this a few segments ago, but we will refresh your memory. <laughs> guys, there are five stages of growth for all covenantal states. They provide the tools to proactively demonstrate all challenges. So do you want to give us your thoughts on that, Zane? Yeah, well, these five stages in particular, I think one of the more important things is maintaining an awareness of what the five stages are. It's actually a very good way to not be discouraged. Because, you know, sometimes you may actually find um, you may actually find your, your place in how do I put that? You may find yourself in a place sometimes where you might be actually walking, doing certain things. And in doing these particular things, you begin to feel as though things are not working sometimes. Mm. And sometimes it's not that it's not working. Sometimes it's actually because you're a you are in a particular stage of your growth within this particular area of life that simply requires discipline. Discipline to what 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 your covenant, what the covenant perspective is concerning it. Discipline to what the spirit's perspective is. And if you actually maintain aware, maintain an awareness of the five stages of growth and understand what is necessary when these perceptions come along, you can actually begin to understand what what you need to do at this stage and not fall into discouragement and feel as though God has abandoned you. Mm. That could be like any, like these stages of growth can be any parts of your life. It could be you're dealing with your family, like yeah. that could be a stage. It could be uh, working with a bunch of people, co uh, your coworkers, and you're yes, having God. trouble, but there's God wants to do, God wants to show you what it looks like in that area it could be um dealing with the the grocery store <laughs> you're at the grocery store yeah. and uh yeah. you know you've always come in con or contact with somebody that is annoying to you or it could be a close friend who has a different perspective who um just you think is out there but you kind of get annoyed and maybe god or god wants to show you how what it looks like in in walking with him in those areas to strengthen you and give you um, courage or in another area could be, it could be you're dealing with health, health issues. Yeah. And that's another stage that God maybe is taking you through and wanted to shape your, your, your perspective your on what perspective. he sees yeah. Yeah. in those areas. So that's my uh, kind of like my opinion on the, the five stages. It, it, you may be um, accelerating in one area. Let's say, let's say prophetically, you accelerate with all those prophetic stuff you've been saying. But there's another area in your life where you're still learning. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and they're tools. Like God, you go through life, learning, and pulling out tools that God has for you, 
to train you up in those areas and what he sees. So it's, like, it's like for me, when I was, I've been taking on covenantal life as a as a as a lifestyle, and there are areas in life sometimes certain things that may arise mm -hmm. that you weren't paying attention to. And many times when certain things arise, it feels as though this might be a trial or a trap or, or something that is actually tempting you. And basically what is doing, if you maintain awareness of your five stages of growth, you can mm. easily identify if this is exactly what is happening then right now in this particular area, I'm in Paran. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in Paran, what I need to do is to be more disciplined concerning God's perspective concerning this, no matter what I see and experience. Wow. So it tells me now what action to take. And once I take that action, I therefore have results after a while. Mm. So it never puts me in a position where I begin to panic because the five stages of growth tells me what to do when I see this particular experience. And if you miss it, don't worry, it's going to repeat itself. You're coming back down the mountain, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming back down the mountain. You're sure to come back on the mountain. You, you could never fail, you just repeat. <laughs> Yeah, there's no fails in that. God's like, come on, I can, I know you're almost there. <laughs> no failures, just run around the mountain again. That's all. <laughs> yeah, so that that's it with regards to the the five stages of growth and how useful it is to maintain an awareness of um, those five stages where something seems as though, like where you think. Anytime a crisis, what you may call a crisis comes up or something is coming up and you feel fear mm. or something is really seemingly testing your trust in God. That's where, according to those five stages, you know, okay, concerning this here, I'm actually in Paran and this is an experience. The, my, the Holy Spirit is telling me start actually being disciplined in this area and so you you have clear understanding as to what you should do to solve your problem become more disciplined concerning what god has said amen <laughs> amen to that very useful okay number 13 before we we have a few more minutes before we say goodbye but we're going to go through 13 and 14 um number 13 says remember your principles and promises. So identify your challenges, rationalize them through your principles and change them through the promises. Right. Do you have thoughts on that, Zane? So rationalizing and truly principles is actually principle of integrity and equity. Right? That no matter what challenge that you're facing, you want to make sure that you stay in integrity to the um, to the spirit. Mm -hmm. And you stay in integrity at all times, never break integrity. And you also make sure that in a challenge that you are always treating persons in a challenge with equity. Mm. Right? So that you maintain righteousness and justice even in your challenge. And when it comes to the challenge, you also want to be mindful, secondly, of the promise of God that is the solution to the challenge. So that you are... You are 
you are never left confused mm -hmm. as to what to do so that you know you can actually apply this promise and maintain discipline to the promise and, and actually have solution for the challenge. So good. That makes sense? So good. That totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And number 14, um, maintain. Yeah, go ahead, Zane. No, go ahead, Zane. Okay. Men, number 14, maintain supreme and sovereign perspective. So, oh. That's set a right. routine that's right there. that's right there go ahead <laughs> so you're going to set a routine to read the scriptures regularly so that you can watch in the spiritual mirror and keep reverence and remembrance be emotionally attached to the spirit in you alone yeah that's that right there your highest priority your highest <laughs> priority one most people don't know that the word paran actually means glorification but it also comes from the hebrew a hebrew root word that means sovereignty releasing emotional attachments to external things mm. and most of your challenges in life is because you have an emotional attachment to something that you have exalted over your priority to god mm. think, just think about what i just said you're exalting you have more of an emotional attachment towards something external more than you have an emotional attachment for the spirit of god in you you can test this out guys i've did it on my my kiddos where they love some type of video game it's mm. just an example and i would be like like they're 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 so focused on it and this is all their life and i'm like okay time to wrap it up and you see the hurt oh no <laughs> something's gonna happen I mean, and anxiety, i'm like it's for a time yes. and then i would notice that okay we gotta cut this off you know you can have it it's not like i'm taking it away from you you can have these things but it's only for a time you don't have to attach yourself to these things. Oh, I'm just this is an example like for my my kiddos with the kitty uh, for the game, because you don't want your spirit wrapped up in that because it's it's not healthy. Let's just say it's not a godly thing. Not at all. You take care of it. Had your fun. We can give it away or we can let someone else go at it. But here's yeah, a, here's here's like a rule of thumb. To actually identify whether you're emotionally attached to something. Can you see that you are okay with it or without it? Right. And if you can't do without it, know that you're just exalted it over God. Exactly. Because the only thing you can't do without is the Holy Spirit. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> so true. Okay, so um I think. Yeah, we're, we are kind of running out of time now. We're going to close. And I just want to thank you guys for listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio show with myself, Tanya Whitkey, and Zane Pierre. Uh, learn more about the name by joining our Facebook group, the United Life Mindset Mentor, or visit our website at www.internationalinstituteofneumatology.com. To listen to this segment again, find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google Podcasts. And guys, 
If you have any topics you would like us to cover, leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube. Bye, everybody. Have a great evening. Boom.